1: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. I have apostolic leader Eric Hurd. He's with me today, calling in from Florida. Uh, Eric, welcome back to the Warning Program.
2: Always a pleasure, Dr. Hansen, to be with you. Thank you.
1: Well, Eric, why don't you start off with a scripture, and I want to get into some... uh, Heavy news, I mean, everything is like the news gazette out of Sodom and Gomorrah.
2: (laughs) That's correct. Romans 13, verse 11, do this, Paul speaking here, knowing that this is a critical time, it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in Christ. The night, this present evil age is almost gone and the day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Amen.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I spoke yesterday on peace in the storm in a a church, peace in the storm. And uh, I started off with Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any thing praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. If we want peace, we have to do exactly what God says, what the apostle Paul tells us. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be known. And then we count on and we rely on and we think dwell on the promises of God. And then the God of peace can be with us because God always wins.
2: Eric? That is so true, especially in these wicked and chaotic times. I was meditating earlier today, and I know that we have news at our fingertips right now, and so we are being bombarded by wickedness all over the place superfluity of naughtiness, I think the Paul uh, Paul talks about. But yeah, we're in these times and and even in these times of the storm, we have to have the peace that so we can navigate uh, and through this time successfully and uh, heal well done, thou good and faithful servant enter ye in unto the joy of my Lord.
1: Well, I'll tell you that's so true. I, I think before I get to some of these uh, reports, maybe I'll just comment a little further. You know, Paul had learned three revelations that resulted not only in having the peace of God within his heart, but having the God of peace with him. No doubt Paul had practiced these truths through all the challenges and disappointments he endured in the ministry. And he, like no other man other than Jesus Christ, had certainly had his challenges, had had his betrayals, had had persecutions. Yet, Paul practiced these truths through all the challenges in his ministry, all the disappointments. You can read Paul's life as we see that he faced all the adversities of life, everything that it can throw at a person. He had physical challenges, resulting in him being beaten with rods and lashes, as well as being stoned to death, dragged out of the city where he was left for dead. He faced hunger, the elements, danger, animals, financial shortage, imprisonment, betrayal by friends, yet he learned how to live with peace in his heart. And that's, you know, just 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times Received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, perils at sea, perils among false brethren. In a weariness and toil and sleeplessness, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern is for all the churches. Look what Paul could testify, yet he had the God of peace, and yet his concern was not over a pity party, but for other believers, other churches.
2: Eric? Oh, so beautifully said. And I'd asked you a a few segments ago, how do we, through all the chaos and confusion and the hate and the lies, do you maintain a Mm -hmm. sense of peace? I think Isaiah 26 and 3 says, I will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me because you trust me. And this is conditional. We have to keep our minds on the Lord, his, His awesome, powerful word, and we trust God that He knows everything that's going on. That's not a situation of circumstances that's going on in this world today that he is not aware of praise the lord and timothy said also in uh second timothy chapter four he reads he says uh, paul says to timothy in the future there is reserved for me a victor's crown of righteousness righteousness for being right with god and doing right which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that great day and not only me praise god but also to those who have a love and long for and welcome his appearing.
1: Well without me getting deep into the message that I just spoke this weekend uh, there's three points and we've gone over it, discussed it, belabored it. one casting your cares upon the Lord. you know we just talked about it you and I we need to cast our cares on the Lord. You know, 2 Timothy 1, 12, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until the day. We need to cast our cares on the Lord. In other words, give him all our concerns. Two, control your thoughts. You know, I made a comment. Stop thinking negatively. Stop doubting right. God's word. Stop Stinking thinking. Right. And number three, copy your mentors. Follow the examples of men and women of God in the Bible and in real life that are living out their faith, that are doing what God says, that are extending the kingdom of God, that have gone through persecution, are going through persecution, are willing to go through persecution. Follow these kind of men and women.
2: Eric? That's beautifully said. And We want to make it. We have to endure. I was speaking with my wife, and I said, you know, uh, we have to endure to the end. We can't give up now. We can't start uh, moonwalking backwards. This is time to take this worthy cause to the gates of hell in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan has reared his ugly head. We have 7,700 promises in Christ, and God will never lie. And so I ask people, how many of of the 7,700 promises are you appropriating in your life? We should have staple foundational scriptures each and every day when we wake up that we're relying on that keeps us throughout the day as we're continuing getting more revelation and insight in what the Lord is doing in the last days.
1: Well, you're you're exactly right. You know, in Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, concerning the outcome of their conduct. Again, to follow good examples, good leaders. A lot of the church is not following good examples. They're listening to a bunch of nonsense, and uh, I'll tell you what, they're being led totally astray, and that is not the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, Paul specifically says that the developing... The lifestyle of casting our cares, controlling your thoughts, and copying our mentors will cause the God of peace to be with us. And this brings to mind, for me, Noah sending out the dove that returned with an olive branch in his mouth. Now, that's Genesis 8, 8 through 11. He sent out from him a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground, but the dove found no resting. Then it returned to him, for the waters were still on the face of the earth. So he put out his hand and took it and drew her into the ark, and he waited another seven days. Again he sent out the dove from the ark. Then the dove came back in the evening. Behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So here... What our listeners and people viewing need to understand, there is much symbolism, I believe, in this passage. The dove representing the Holy Spirit. The olive branch speaks of peace. Noah was limited by what he could see. The waters within range had not receded. But with the help of the dove, he could know what was beyond his sight. That is what we call revelation knowledge and is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us as believers in Christ. We also see that Noah represents a believer who is led by the Holy Spirit and waits for the Holy Spirit revelation before making his final decisions in actions. Regarding the God of peace, we have learned from this, that the story that God will make his habitation where people have learned to trust him fully by casting their cares, controlling their thoughts, copying their mentors, The Holy Spirit, like a dove, dwells where there is an atmosphere of faith and trust in God's word. We find that our communion with God is much more intimate when we have learned to live worry-free, practice prayer with thanksgiving. That's how Paul had the God of peace manifested and miraculous ways due to his own application and this teaching that he modeled for all believers. Eric?
2: Yes, yeah, so beautifully said, Dr. Hansen again. Uh, learning, that's one of my foundation scriptures, casting all your cares, Amplified Bible says, and all your anxieties and worries, and all your concerns once and for all on Him, for He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Hallelujah. So, and these times that we're dealing with, uh, people can actually go insane. They can actually, actually want to check out. I'm telling you, when I just began to learn about these things and revelation began to string forth from the Lord concerning the end time events, uh, it was very, very heavy. But I had to make up in my mind that God is still on the throne. He has not fell off the throne. He has not ceased from being who he is before the foundation of the world. He is laughing at the wicked. Glory be to God. He will not be ever undone. They will never hurt Jesus Christ again. And we are in Christ. And if they cannot hurt Christ, they cannot hurt me because I am in Christ.
1: What we all need to always remember, this is what I always remember wherever I go, go into countries of genocide. Because I am in Christ, I cannot die. I'm not talking about physically. I live eternally. I'm not afraid to die. I don't die. And uh, I've seen uh, people coming back from the dead. And if we don't fear physical death we are really dangerous to the enemies of god because there's nothing more they can they can coerce us with it's all intimidation it's all manipulation coercion when i've gone through trials overseas when they've tried to coerce me or intimidate me or threaten prison or to kill my children let me tell you something when i knew who i was in christ jesus and i put my focus on him whether they killed the body to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. That was it. There was no more fear and there was nothing more they could do. And we need to understand that people are going to die. That's the reality. God loves eternal life. And so he does you no wrong if he gives you eternal life and lets you be a martyr. That's a privilege. And the apostles counted it as a privilege. I think sometimes we preach such a sloppy gospel that uh, we're afraid to tell people you might have to physically be with the Lord imminently, because you might be executed. And that's the reality, Eric.
2: Very, very well said, because Satan hates God. He hates mankind. He hates the true believer who understands who they are in Jesus Christ, because this has always been his tactic, intimidation, the fear of death. Revelation 12 and 11 says, and they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the Lamb. And because of the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faith faced with death. You know, um, I found many Christians will quote, will quote, Revelations 12 and 11. They only quote the first half of that. <laughs> and they, they don't want to say the second half. Amen. But we must know that, again, I love what you just said. We never die. And once you've taken the sting of death away, then the kingdom of darkness, they have no fuel.
1: Well, that's exactly right. You know, James 1, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Many people today aren't living out their faith and they're deceiving themselves and so they rely on their own vanity and pride and consequently, they are deeply afraid and that causes them, as you know, you can go into depression, you can commit suicide because fear can overgrip you. We need to once again uh, be in Christ Jesus, as you said earlier, be in Christ be in Christ. And let me tell you, when you're in Christ, there's no more fear of death.
2: He is the victory. <laughs> he has conquered death, hell, and the grave and going to cast those things into the lake of fire. So it's time for the church, the true church to rise up because they're going after. They know exactly who's preventing them from implementing all that they want. You have the patriots, of course, those who believe in nationalism all around the world. They're great and mighty movements of God all over. And the news here in America are not reporting it. Hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people gathering together and saying, you know, we're not putting up enough is enough. So uh, they're going to have to come down. And so we're ready. Praise God. I like what um, uh, the pastor was saying the other day. I'm a dead man walking. Someone said, we're going to kill you. He was preaching. And someone says, well, I'm going to kill you. He says, "Uh, you can't. And and the guy was like, he was really uh, dumbfounded. But he says, I'm already dead. I died over 40 years ago.
1: Well, that is so beautiful. Again, you will have peace in the middle of the storm when you trust God fully by giving God your cares, controlling your thoughts and following the proper leaders, the peace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have the peace of God. You're listening, watching the warning program. Apostolic leader Eric Hurd is with me. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International. Headline news, United Nation Report calls for decriminalization of all sexual activity, including between adults and children. The report calls for sex between adults and minors to be decriminalized so long as a minor's consent.
2: Wow, Eric. These are deviants. They have been deviants. This is their religion. Sex magic, uh, Aleister Crowley, these guys, and the innocent, uh, perverting the innocent. This is what this move is all about. It's been going on for a long time, but now they feel they have the... uh, dumbed down generation to be able to implement and they have infiltrated the hearts and minds with a perversion such as so they can try to push something on this level a child cannot consent a child's brain is not really fully developed until around the age of 25 years old so again they are wanting to pervert everything in everybody and as it was in the days of noah
1: well that's so true and that's what all of this LGBTQ and transgenderism and everything else is. Uh, they're, they're attacking the children. They're attacking God's creation, the most innocent, the most pure, the most holy. And that's what they're attacking. Eric?
2: Yes. And, you know, when you look at a child and, uh, you know, and you just see the, the beauty, the innocency, the energy, it is just so wonderful. And, but these people hate everything that is good and they want to pervert everything that's good so people have to stand up this time right now as fathers and mothers and standing up everywhere says no listen whatever you want to be unfortunately god gives us choice he says believe and be baptized you will be saved if you don't believe you'll be damned so you have a choice god will never force you to do anything that you will not willingly want to do because we are uh creatures of a free will but leave the children alone they're infiltrated The schools with perverted material and why would any other parent want to have their children into these schools right now is beyond me.
1: What do you think about this? All U.K. airports must close within the next 10 years. Beef and lamb will be banned and construction of new buildings will cease in the name of climate control, according to government report. This is a report produced by Oxford University and Imperial College London for the U.K. government reveals that all airports will be ordered to close. Eating beef and lamb will be made illegal and construction of new buildings will not be permitted in order to meet the legal commitment of zero emissions by
2: 2050. Eric? A total hoax. It's been proven scientifically this is a hoax. You know, the the, the trees, they, they need carbon. And, and for their exchange, they give us oxygen. And so they have made up this uh, model. And I don't know what UK wants, I guess, a great nation. Uh, I don't know where they're going from here. You can't travel, can't leave the island. Uh, you know, you, you got to eat bugs, which are saying that basically these creatures, they're putting some of these creatures and insects in the food today. And you have to be very careful exactly what you're eating. But uh, I wonder what the uh, was that their emblem, the lion. I wonder what they're going to do now.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, climate control, as you said, is a total hoax. They're using it all. If you want to get back to uh, Mother Earth, uh, you get to other deities ruling mankind, not Jesus Christ. So the whole thing is a farce, all under, if we want to say, the influence of evil spirits. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to The Warning Program, watching it. This is Dr. Jonathan Hans, and I've had Apostolic Leader Eric Hurd with me today. Now... Listen and order the book,
3: The Science of Judgment. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hanson has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hanson for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part one, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as, The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, parental responsibility, the feasts of the Lord, Solomon's transgressions and their consequences, righteous kings versus evil kings, example of King Jehoshaphat, ungodly alliances, God is predictable, God holds people accountable, man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as, Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism. Darwin's hatred of Christianity and its fruit. Section three, why must there be judgment? Has titles such as, the fall of America and her destruction, cult Christianity, radical liberal politics. Section four, kings, dictators and presidents with the following chapters listed as, people choose their nation's leaders, qualifications for godly leadership. Romans 13, delegated authority. Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248 360-629-5248 that is 360-629-5248 and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more plus shipping and handling thank you and shalom